the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Welcome to the podcast edition of Maximum Growth Live, the number one program for lawyers who want to grow their practices. Each week, our hosts, Seth Price and Jay Ruain, tackle the fundamental questions about how to grow the profit and profitability of your law firm. To watch the program live, submit your questions and hear the latest episode. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Facebook for our live show. Maximum Growth Live is a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Maximum Growth Live. You know, my name is Jay Ruane, CEO of FirmFlex, your social media marketing agency for lawyers, as well as CEO of uh, Ruane Attorneys, a civil rights and criminal defense firm down in the great state of Connecticut, our constitution state. But down in Del Boca Vista in uh, Florida, still enjoying the warm weather is my man Seth Price of Price Benowitz, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, and South Carolina, as well as the the mind, uh, the brains behind Blue Shark Digital, your SEO for law firm. Seth, how's your week going this week? Going good. Very tired. It's been a long, long week and, uh, you know, a good, good. And we got a couple of weeks of sunshine left trying to maximize every minute of it. Well, you got a couple of weeks of sunshine, but we're about, we're in the midst of getting hit with another storm here in the Northeast. Uh, so it, it's just, it's just kicking butt, but you know, we've, we've come off a great run of shows. We had all of the stuff, people talking about coaching and we ended it last week with the guild. And this week we're doing a little bit of a transition as we get into a new subject. And the new subject this week is outsourcing, offshoring, and virtual assistance. And we couldn't have a better guest to have on our first show talking about that. And the guest is Sandy Van. Now, I know you know Sandy from a lot of uh, legal events. Sandy and I uh, have become friends. I actually went and visited her out in Las Vegas. Uh, well, long before Corona. It seems like forever ago. Um, and Sandy is great because she has a PI firm. She's got a mass torts component. She also runs her own uh, agency of VAs because she decided to keep growing and growing. And Sandy's really interesting because she takes ideas and money and turns it into capital. Uh, I've been on, a, I've been in a Slack group with her for, uh, for a while now. And her ideas are just just phenomenal for growing your firm. She has this incessant desire to, to, to grow, uh, and, and uh, she's, she's done some wonderful things. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, do, are, do you think, use any no, 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 no. Yeah, no, so, we, so yes and no, yes. And again, I, it, it's funny because the word VA, I don't really love. 
I like overseas teams. That's that's my my philosophy. And so on the marketing side, anything, any non-client facing, the, any widget that can be replicated overnight as a technology component, I love. Um, whether the marketing or the law firm side, where I have sort of not done and where I'm enamored and want to see what, what she's doing is I feel that I have the law firm sausage making has been more old school and has not leveraged people. So there are areas that I feel like I'm a very advanced in and there are areas where I feel like I'm old school and could really use a lot of help. So Sandy's been an inspiration. I mean, what, what she has been able to scale, um, you know, there are people you do what you love. I love the, the, the optimizing of websites and getting ROI for an investment on paid search and things like that. Um, she has figured out how to get hundreds of people overseas to row in the same direction. And that's not nothing. That's not nothing for sure. Uh, you know, one of the things that's that's really interesting to me is I've talked a little bit about with you my own uh, you know, journey into starting to use overseas help uh, and how we've bombed out a couple. We had some people that were great in the first week or two, and then they just dropped off the planet. Um, we've had two who we didn't have in Honduras now who are, who are like rock stars. Like, I mean, I wish I could have them in my office. I'm glad they're there. They're happy uh, being uh, being where they are. Um, I even reached and out and said, you know, I have an aunt in El Salvador. Maybe we can find people uh, that we can set up down there with you uh, because, you know, it, it's, it just seems exactly. like it's a problem uh, because you're, you're not getting those touch points when you have the, the VA, when you have the offshore or overseas help. Um, I mean, you could just, people could just disappear. We had somebody ghost right. on us. Right. So just, I, I'm trying to play with my intake team. So we similarly tried to, we're trying two different experiments. One is an ex, somebody who lived in the U.S. who sounds like the girl next door woman next door and the other is somebody who's never been to the u.s and wanting to see which skill sets we you know fit best you know what I, i'm just so leery of going client facing i'm sure i'll rip the band-aid off at some point but you know anything behind the scenes i'm looking to so let's get let's get sandy out here i want to hear make awesome. sure we give her enough time Okay, folks, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Of course, we are sponsored by Maximum Lawyer Media, home of the Maximum Lawyer Guild, which you heard about last week on our show. So stay tuned. When we come back, we'll have Sandy Van of the Van Law Firm. The lawyers who will succeed in the next decade are the ones who are focusing on building their brands where people meet. And there is no place better to build your brand than on social media. With the FirmFlex DIY social media plan, hundreds of lawyers like you are using social media to build their brand and become the one lawyer in their community that people know, like, and trust. By spending even just five minutes a day on social media marketing, you can engage with hundreds or thousands of people in your local community who will need your services. By cultivating a network of followers, you build a book of business that you can market to the next decade and beyond. If you are looking for a solution to help you jumpstart your social media marketing, look no further than the DIY plan at GetFirmFlex.com. The DIY was created by a small firm lawyer for people just like you, helping you connect with local people online and build your brand and engage people in the topics they want to talk about, all for under $100 a month. To find out more, visit GetFirmFlex.com. In this world today, if you want to grow your business, you want to grow your firm, you want to take on more cases and make a bigger impact, you have to have a digital blueprint. Statistically, throughout the time that we've been working with Blue Shark Digital, our law firm, the Atlanta Divorce Law Group, grew over 1,400%. 
Seth and his team have years of experience in this area. Blue Shark is truly a part of the firm, so I don't consider Blue Shark any different than the employees in my office. And we're back. We're back with our good friend, Sandy Van. Sandy Van of the Van Law Firm in Nevada and Washington, if I'm not mistaken, as well as the owner of Legal Support Help, which is a staffing firm of VAs for lawyers. Sandy, thanks for being on the program today. Uh, I first want to start with asking you this question. When did you start your law firm and when did you hire your first VA? 2012 is when I started my law firm. I started using VAs in 2008. Um, okay, how did you start using them? Ah, okay. So <laughs> you were very familiar company, with, with the real estate, uh, using VAs through the real estate business, and when you started your law firm, you immediately thought that that would be a great way to expand your workforce? Yes. Okay. Right. So we started now, um, off on easy tasks. Gotcha. Uh, now, what, what is easy tasks? Explain to the audience what easy tasks is. Getting police reports, getting okay. medical records requests, um, you know, sending a letters of rep, uh, doing lien verifications or reductions. Okay, so in, in your situation, did you hire in country people first, or did you start with the VAs when you started with your law firm? Um, I had a few people in house, maybe eight people in house, and then I had like five VAs. Gotcha. Okay. Now I want to talk to you a little bit about, because one of the challenges with hiring a VA is that you need to sort of have systems in place first, because you're not going to have them in your office to train. How do you deal with that at the beginning of engaging a virtual assistant? Uh, well, you know, first you have to have systems in place to hire the right people. It took me a long time to figure that out. And now we've started on the EOS model, the Entrepreneur Operating System by Tina Wickman. And um, we have an accountability chart and an organizational chart. And then we ask the managers of each department to determine what their core processes are. Because the gotcha. Pareto principle says that, you know, 20% of your stuff is going to, you know, produce 80% of your outcome. So each manager decides, like, what's the core process of their team. And then um, we created like Tetras and courses to train all the virtual assistants. So, um, yep, you need to. Uh, what I would do is have two people uh, create that process. So, let's say it's a demand letter, and it would be your two case managers, right? Your pre litigation case manager. So, have Anna create it and then Bob look it over. Have Bob look over, subrogate, create subrogation, and then have Anna add to it. You know, and then just have them delegate it to them so that they can create it because they're the ones that are in the weeds and stuff doing it. Um, you know, and then you can create like a Tetra. I know that your brother does like a Wikipedia that doesn't have the monthly fee. But um, and make sure that you have an index to your Tetra and a table of contents to your Tetra or Wikipedia, whichever way that they decide to go. Um, so we created an index. I had it up here. I don't know where I put it. Hmm. Oh, you know, it's not here anymore, but you can create an index for your, uh, Tetra kind of like, um, why are we doing this? If they know why, if people know why they're, they're better to, they understand things better. Like, oh, I'm doing this demand letter this way so that 
we don't get indexing information out there. We make sure that we don't put anything that's adverse to our client in there. You know, um, we want to make sure that we get money from the insurance company because they're not just going to come out and give us money. Um, so you need to give them the why. You need to say this is how it's done. Um, sometimes you need pictures in there, videos, because uh, people may learn differently. They might have, I read, so I'd rather read things than go through a whole video. I don't want to go through a video an hour and find two sentences that I wanted to keep. So some people like watching a video, some people like pictures and screenshots, some people like to read. I, I, I noticed a lot of uh, webinars and such. You, you, Sandy is there, but it's clearly Sandy's people taking notes to bring you the nuggets. Right, Like so I can learn like TBI in like 20 minutes. <laughs> like I'll have like a, all these webinars of like, you know, an hour here, an hour there, four hours. And I'm like, I just want to read in like 20 minutes. So Sandy. Let me, before you get jump in, Seth, I have something. Sandy said something early on in, in her last answer, and I want to dive a little deeper in it because I think a lot of people here might be sort of in the place that you were. And you said you had a lot of problems with the VAs early on before you figured it out. Let's expand that a little. Let's talk about some of the problems that you found early on so that our people, our listeners, our audience won't make those same mistakes. So where do you think you had? Give me two big mistakes that you made early on that our people can learn from so that they don't make those mistakes. Um, not having my core values done. And that's something that we did recently. Okay. You know, Tell me about um, that. Why? We created our core values and had we created them earlier and I can go get our core values. Um, we created our core values and then we found that some people just did not fit into the core values. Um, and had we had them defined earlier, I'm like, Hey, this is why you're getting fired. It's nothing, you know, you just don't show up. You just, you're not that hardworking or whatever. <laughs> is that, right. Is that, a, is that a core value or is that just accepting a higher level? I mean, core value is sort of the nuance. There could be somebody who's great, but doesn't hit your core values potentially versus somebody who's not showing up. They're not showing up. You don't need core values to fire them. It's just, I just liked it defined. So we defined it. We gave examples of it, good examples, bad examples. We actually wrote up our own little definition. We had our blogger rewrite it and edit it. And um, had I had that in the beginning, it'd be like, look, you're not mad. You see, you don't fit into these little boxes. You're not getting check marks on them. And, um, you know, that would have really helped. Um, things like that. Uh, we pay them with Veeam. Um, you know, uh, having enough to hire and things like that. Um, we have a hub staff, which we check all the time now and, uh, hub staff just monitors their screenshots and things like that. And, uh, but the core values is really important. So I'm sure you, you know, it's not like a, it's not like some kind of, it's more objective. It would be helpful if maybe they would get in the comments. Some of these, these are, these are great softwares I've always used, um, you know, a, a different one, but like every time, you know, always looking at what is the best software. Cause I assume Sandy thing you, you and I have talked about offline a lot is making, it sounds like you is not just like hiring X number of people, but you have pyramided to allow yourself to have supervision so that you're, you're not just saying, Hey, here's X dollars an hour, but you have somebody making sure you're getting those X dollars an hour from the person. Yes, we also, with the EOS system, we created a scoreboard and every department will have their own scoreboard. For I example, think that's um, yeah, for example, uh, each department may have their own communication 
including how many demands they sent out or how much how many cases they got closed from subrogation or whatever or how many things of property damage they did every week or whatever you know so each department will have their own little subsection of numbers and then that manager will tell me whether or not it's going well or not so um back to the index for tetra you need something like the the title like how to calendar is it added to our table of contents so you have to have a checklist right do you is it is there a directory to it um why we do it this way do you want to include some checklists or documents like hey here's the hospital uh, or whatever or um here's a checklist on how to settle a case any documents that you need um so you have to have the step-by-step -step instructions, the pictures, and the videos. Did you put that together yourself, or did was this something that you had? Like, was like you give them something and then they run with it, or who who actually puts physically puts that together when you're starting? Because that's a lot of people we speak to, a lot of people watching this are like, "Hey, I want to try my first. And they, they can call you, and they 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 can have you you get them a person. But somebody who's saying, "Hey," Do I need to come with systems or will this person build the systems that I then tweak? Um, I think it's pretty easy. Uh, Loom is a great software. You can just record yourself doing it and then have them write down the, the steps. And I, if I was to go back, I would, because people have like, hey, can we buy your system? I'm like, oh, you know, just the settlement disbursements took just me personally. I was sitting there one day. I'm like, you know, I'm going to just develop this. And it was like four hours, you know, four hours of my time. So not selling my system, but um, you can just record how you're doing it and then have them go back. And I would change everything to like John Doe and Joe Doe. If I was to go back, I would not have, because I have like some client stuff on my calendar and the videos with the client stuff on it. So now we've gone back and redone it so that it's all John and Jane Doe. Was there an economy? Oh, sorry. Did it, you obviously have dozens, if not you know, scores of, of, of VAs at this point. Was there a critical mass where it where it started to work for itself, where you could have VAs managing VAs, so that you would have less direct reports, and that your people in the U.S. would have a direct person who would then manage people overseas, or are all the overseas people reporting back to the U.S. office? No, some of our managers are VAs. Um, and I'd say that it might have been last year, or the year before I went on vacation to Italy. And then I came back and I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to just do less. So then I figured out how to do less. And now I do way less. Like I sleep all day sometimes. <laughs> I'll watch my stocks all day. Um, I'm out and about. So, you know, so, um, it's great. So then are you using VAs in your personal life as well? Uh, and is that something yes. that you would recommend? Yes. You can, can you use tell us for everything. How you use that and how they talk to each other and, and, and get things done? I have a long list of things because someone asked me one time, like what a VA can do for you. They can plan your travel. You have to have SOPs for that or they'll put you in a really bad neighborhood. <laughs> you know, but, uh, in like Washington and Washington DC, you know. But um we fixed some of those things, you know, like hey, make thank sure God for the twenty four hour airline cancellation policy that came out a few years ago. So no matter how much they screw up, you have twenty four hours to get your money back. Right. But um, they've done PPP for me, help me with PPP. They've helped me apply for bars in different states. Um, They've helped me doctor's appointments, 
refill my medication, set up my hair appointments, um, call me an Uber, call AAA and sit on hold for me because I've got a dead battery or something. <laughs> they're they're amazing, you know. Do you keep your VA, obviously, do you, do you have teams that are overnight versus teams that are day side? How do you make that distinction? Yeah, how do you deal with the time difference? Yeah. We have an after hours team of maybe 15 after hours, I think. And they have a check-in place where they check in with me and say what they're doing, what they're accomplishing and what they've done at the end of the night. They'll be like, I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to check my Slack messages. I'm going to be buying this. I'm going to be getting quotes for our printing or whatever, or I'm going to be watching, you know, Seth's CLE on brain injury and telling you all about it. <laughs> well, you know, that's a really interesting thing is, is, is tasking a VA to watch some CLEs and give you the notes and the nuggets. I mean, I can imagine you can get a lot of good stuff really quickly by having VAs and then they're getting trained in that area and you can rely on them for more and more of your marketing stuff. Uh, do you have people that are working on your marketing as well or is it all sort of legal task stuff? They're all working on our marketing. We're even thinking about having them do our day in the life editing videos. Wow. So we'll create the video and they'll edit our day in the life videos for us. We gave them an example one and we're like, this is what we want it to look like. And, you know, we don't want to spend $25,000 on one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What have you found the average lifespan of, of the VAs? Do, do they stay with you for a period of time and then move on? Is it, do you, have you been able to maintain, keep people for like how, how many break and how many, you know, stay with you for the duration? Most of them will stay for a long period of time um, because we do give them insurance, um, you know, and I have some that I'm sure that they could be making more elsewhere. They just stay with us because, they like their our culture. Um, some have left, you know, they thought that the grass was greener and some have wanted to come back. Um, some have left to do other things. Like one of them got a job nursing in the United States. I'm like, good for you. I'm glad. Be careful in the Bronx, you know, but you know, I'm happy for you. So, um, but some of them is, have been with us for years. They're even longer than any of my employees. Wow. That's awesome. What what roles do you think are the easiest to fill with a VA? Um, because everyone comes with different skill sets. And then what roles do you think are the most challenging uh, to fill with a VA? Easiest would be medical record requests, lien um, verifications, lien reductions, saving documents. Because um, we get an inordinate amount of faxes that come in and we actually scan all our mail in and then they save it and they organize it for us. Like, hey, if it's an important mail, then they will alert the case manager or the attorney that's on the case. Um, if it's not important, like they don't need to know about every single bill that comes in, you know? Uh, so there's like certain tags and then it'll alert me that there's um, an important mail or someone on the team. Um, harder things would be like calendaring, subrogation, litigation tasks. They actually draft our complaints and do our discovery for us. Um, you know, our paralegals tweak it to get it finished and everything. And then case managing. We even have three case managers that run. 
Sandy, I, I, you know, you as you've grown, you've been adding litigators to handle the court stuff, and they're coming from outside your firm, having worked at other firms. Have you had any instances where those lawyers have come in and been like, "Well, I don't like to do it this way uh, because I've never worked with a VA before"? And what is like the adoption for these lawyers when they start to see how your systems and the way you approach things are so much better? How have they? How have they've taken? How have they taken to it? They really they have nobody's really ever said anything like we don't like our VAs or anything. Um, most of them love our VAs. <laughs> They're like, oh, my gosh, you got them for a steal. I'm like, I'm actually paying very good wages. I hope you know it's not child labor sweatshop prices or anything. You know, they're they're getting paid pretty well. Um, so, yeah. And they're very grateful to have a job in especially the pandemic. And some of them have just stayed with us because of the stuff that they've learned. Like, oh, that thing about um, recording stuff, it's not just CLEs. Like, let's say you recorded, you downloaded the YouTube videos or you downloaded Udemy videos. You could download like everything on whatever it could be, Zapier, and then Otter AI, and then screenshot everything and learn everything a lot faster. Now, do you take that stuff and you throw it into your uh, your knowledge base so that in you know future versions of Sandy Van who take over running the law firm have that as a resource to go to? Is that something that anybody in the firm could access? So say I was a lawyer in your firm and I wanted to learn about Zapier, I have the access to get that stuff that you've put together for everybody? Right. It's um, in different little sections like, hey, this is all on TDI or this is all on trucking or these are minor impact soft tissue or this is all on social media marketing or whatever. And um, it's in our drive, but then linked to things in our Tetra, like sectioned off. And then um, we have different banks in our file line. So there might be like a motion bank or a correspondence bank or a CLE bank. So we may have links in there. So it might be the video, a link to the video, a link to the notes, and then a link to the transcription, and a link to the screenshot of the slides. Wow. So that's how the index would be broken down. That's, that's really powerful. I mean, I can imagine that you could do a deep dive on pretty much any topic related to personal injury now uh, in your systems. So I can see why lawyers in personal injury would want to buy your stuff because uh, it sounds like you have a tremendous value there. But I want to um, talk to uh, you about uh, starting your own VA company because when you started this, you, didn't, you, you were outsourcing to VAs through other agencies, I'm, I'm assuming. And then at some point you said, you know what? I'd like to actually build Legal Support Help, which is your company that deals with VAs. Tell us a little bit about that journey and how you decided to get into that business as well. Um, well, I'd read The 4-Hour Workweek, Tim Ferriss, and then I'd read Outliers. And in that book, they talk about this Harry Jude attorney that nobody would hire because he was not white and blonde and blue-eyed. And he was doing everything that walked through the door law. And uh, all of a sudden he started doing mergers and acquisitions and the tides turned and mergers and acquisitions was it thing. You know, I was using VAs a long time ago in 2007, 2008, because I couldn't afford, you know, I was doing real estate and I was doing short sales and the short sales were not closing. They were not short. <laughs> they were taking like two, three years to get paid out. 
So I was like, I'm sick and tired of working so hard. So I hired my first VA. And like now it's like the times have changed. And I'm like, look, that knowledge that I've had, that 10,000 hours or whatever. And I decided to open the VA company. And I looked at the math and um, the arbitrage spread and said, hey, I could do this. And I'm sure that there's other attorneys that need it, that need someone on the ground running that, you know, can help them with certain things. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, I don't know about you, Seth, but I've actually said, you know, if I were to get into PI, you know, this would be one of the resources that I would turn to to try to fill those roles without having to actually bring the people in house, uh, because some of the, the the benefits of scale that you can get by going to uh, outsourcing through VA. Seth, did you have a, a question? No, I was just thinking, like, you know, you you've mentioned some of the low hanging fruit, like a PI shop might use. But some of it, you know, some of the things I've struggled with personally is with a legacy shop. And it's like, it's not like we're that old, right? The firm's only 12 years old. Um, but when you haven't put VAs into certain positions, um, have you, you know, you, I, I love the fact that you sort of built it with them for the most part. Any advice for people that aren't using them but already have infrastructure about how you scale and put those in? Again, it's not like we aren't using them. Like on the marketing side, I have 80 people doing tasks for me every night all different things so i don't call them vas but we have we have a you know a team doing those and i have individual vas doing specific um items and reports but as a law firm i found that's actually the place i found the hardest partially we have a solution for medical records but what are some of the ways you can sort of first dip your toe in if you're not used to using them within a law firm practice there's probably some things that your case managers or your paralegals don't want to do that they could be doing something else. Like you probably get discovery propounded on you. And then they're like, we can't give you the, you know, we can't give you the word doc because there's metadata on it. So now you're like, okay, VA, instead of me spending my, you know, my paralegal, how much ever you pay your paralegal, 50,000, 75,000 or whatever. But in those cases, this is where I've struggled. I agree. That would be genius. And we do do some of that. But that's not the systematized stuff in the Tetra, right? That's the one-off project. And then you run into mm -hmm. how do you – so I, I love it, and I'm sort of experimenting right now. I've forced my team to, to work with VAs, even if I'm paying and time is falling on the floor. I don't like that. I'm wasting anything. But the idea is it sometimes it's, as you're saying, until you sort of know, oh, there's a resource there. Let me send it. It's sometimes – there's some things you can plan out. And some things you don't really even know that you need until you're like, oh, man, I wish I had a place to send it. Oh, I do have a place to send it. Um, and which comes first? Because if there's not a person to send it to, you can't actually do that. Right? Uh-huh. Um, well, there's a list of stuff that our VAs do. It's on vataskclist.com. And they do stuff for business lawyers, um, family lawyers, estate planning, all types of areas of law. They help us. We do mass torts and um, personal injury. So, you know, they've helped us with that. They've helped some of our doctors out with their stuff and the medical record companies and stuff like that because they've needed people to call appointments and stuff. So I'm sure you could find something. And they've helped some of ours help with um, translation and calling our clients. Our litigators were like so busy, you know, and I was like, watching the reports for the communication and then you could lose one case because your litigator or your case manager is too busy to call the client and so we'd hire these people called like we call them like customer care people and they just call the client like i want you to sandwich it one month attorney joe calls and then one month daniel calls the va 
it just says, hey, and he's got this, he's like passed out. Um, we've got these scripts or whatever, like, hey, we, we sent your demand letter. We're waiting 30 days before we get the response. Or we're, we're waiting on the subrogation lien that may take a while, but we'll let you know when we get a response. Or we've, we've already sent it out for service or whatever it is that is scripted. Do you have any questions for the attorney, Joe? You know, and he, they, they do that. So you'll find something for them. There's plenty that they can do. You know, it's, it, that's really interesting that you say that because, you know, one of the biggest problems for lawyers is lack of communications. Like 90% of bar complaints is lack of communication. And it's often because the lawyers are busy. So by taking a proactive approach with using VAs, it's really a solution that can, can you can identify problem clients, identify problem areas, uh, and solve those things before you get to the bar complaint phase or you lose that case that is money that you've worked right. up that's going out the door. Um, so that's that's a genius way to use VAs and sort of that well, happiness role. How do you find, the, like, do you have two categories of people that are forward-facing where their English is good enough versus those that are not? How do you make a distinction as to who you're allowed to speak to clients? So is it, is some things are not value-added. Yeah. Huh? Okay, is so some things are not value-added for people who have these skills to communicate with U.S. clients versus those that might be doing data behind the scenes. Right. So someone that does not speak to people would get paid less in my, you know, in my company. Um, so we do have people who have really great English and really great Spanish. Um, and we have some people that are chasing leads for us in the middle of the night even, because I don't want to be woken up at 11 at night. So. I have those people and I'd pay them U.S. wages even, <laughs> you know, if I don't have to get woken up at 11 o'clock and they can just sign that person, I'd rather have that happen. Um, I think that there's some things that are value add. If I go to uh, Joe's Stone Crab, they may use not the nicest napkins. They may not use the nicest toilet paper or the nicest ketchup. But if their seafood doesn't taste good or their steak doesn't taste good, then I'm not gonna go back to Joe Stone Crab. So some things don't matter. If you're calling the police department saying, hey, this police report ready, or um, you're calling for medical records, I really don't care if your English isn't that great. <laughs> you know. But if you're speaking to an adjuster or you're speaking to a client, then I want your English good. I love that. Yeah, we ran into a problem with that, but it, with our first failed attempt with a VA, because we were getting state employees here in Connecticut who refused to talk to people with accents. I can't understand them, and they would hang up. Uh, and we were dealing with people who, you know, were insulated in their jobs. So we had to transition to find people with better English because that was necessary for us to be able to accomplish those tasks. I thought they spoke just fine, but you know, I grew up in the hood myself. I would say that you should also get a line for them because our phones were getting backed up because we didn't have a phone line for them, like the medical records department. So we got a phone line for the medical records department, the disbursement department, the mass tort department. Those are run by VAs. Our mass torts, like hundreds of cases, hundreds and hundreds of cases are run by VA. Um, uh, and I would also have a line uh, a channel on your slack for angry clients <laughs> okay so when they call in and they're angry i want to be notified of that angry client and why they're angry so in some of the um credit card companies collection companies they have software where they can tell if you're like raising your voice if you've been cursing or some kind of artificial intelligence we don't have that at van law firm we just have people to answer the phones and they slack and tell me if there's an angry client on the phone <laughs> Do you do all of your intake through VAs? 
Um, mainly through VAs, we do have some case managers that will go out if necessary. We'll meet you. We'll meet you at Starbucks. No, 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 no. We, somebody, the first call to Sandy, if you've been injured, is that is that going directly overseas? It may be going overseas. It may be going in-house. We have maybe two or three, maybe, no, hold on, three in-house people that can um, handle an intake call, and then we have a lot of not in-house. <laughs> so, so let me ask you a question about that. When you say, okay, so say you've decided, okay, we want to add a new person to our arsenal of VAs. Are you picking them to train them in one particular area and then cross-training them afterwards? Or are you saying you're going to live medical records for however long you're with us and you may go up in the medical records silo but you're staying in that silo or is there or is there movement back and forth because i think there's some people out there who might want to think okay so i get my first one that's going to lead me to a second and a third and i want to give them an idea of of the 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 sort of the the march of progress when you start getting vas in like you've been able to accomplish well sometimes they do just stay in medical records sometimes we start giving them something else we might give them summaries or something and then if we have someone that's like great we may move them to subrogation you know we sometimes sometimes have these like wow like where did we find you can we clone you people right and we may move them up like we've had um we have senior callers that those are like the people that help the case managers they're the ones that are sandwiching and calling the adjusters and saying oh well did you get our demand letter and did, do you have an offer to present or anything or is liability accepted are you fixing my client's car or whatever and these people are so good and they've been with our case managers for so long that they can now manage cases. So once in a while we'll have someone and I try to just hire people that can move up. Like we want our receptionist to move up to admin assistant one day or admin assistants to become case managers. Our admin assistants become paralegals or junior paralegals or calendaring clerk or whatever, law clerks to be attorneys. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Seth, do you have one final question? No, yeah. So when you pyramid, how many VAs do you end up having supporting a given attorney? Like how many attorneys are you running in-house and how many VAs do you do you have backing up an attorney? Um, we have, we have little pods. So we have the attorney and a paralegal and then, um, we also have a discovery team. So we have two people that just draft discovery. Then we have a VA for that team. So that VA is doing all of their drafting for them. So if you need a complaint drafted, early case conference documents, um, anything like that, joint case conferences, the discovery, you know, shells and everything. And when they have to answer a discovery, they're typing it up. So we have one VA per attorney that does that. Then they have some shared VAs that update our spreadsheet matrix and um, two calendaring VAs that help calendar with like our calendaring clerks. And so, I think someone at eFiles helps them eFile. So <laughs> let me, I guess some people to save things and get medical records and custodian records. So this is this is fascinating to me. Let me ask a follow up about that. So are lawyers are lawyers having a VA work for them? 40 hours in a week like they they always know or are these people working like hey we're going to task you with a series of jobs and you get it done and then report back to us that type of thing well they are working 40 hours and you can really just give them things and then come back right so 
you're handing things off to them and then you might go do something else. You might go do a deposition and you can come back, right? Yes. No, both, I guess, but they are working 40 hours. And they're working a 40 hour schedule, like nine to five, like that lawyer works so that they're always available to them. And then the, 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 maybe the document people, they work 40 hours, but they could be off depending on the timing that you need them. Correct. That's awesome. I mean, I, Seth, I, I mean, from, from my perspective, being able to have people that you can task with things to do and get the work back, um, regardless if they're in the next hallway or across the world, having a VA sounds like a great way to sort of accelerate the, the growth of your firm. Did you have a, a right, question? Right, but it, like, what, Sandy, what Sandy has done, not only with the business that you know, people can go for a plug-and-play solution, but what she's done for herself is – it is it is much harder to do as a one-off. You can have a one-off, but the the synergies come when you have that team. Because my guess is the same person who's answering the phones who has great spoken English may not be your drafter, may not be the person who's inexpensive behind the scenes. To, and like and as you scale, you're able to get people to their sweet spot, and that you're hiring for those different positions. Somebody who can write very very different. Somebody who can speak. Who do you need U.S. time? Who do you need overnight? It, your head starts to explode when you think about the permutations. Yeah, That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can you can easily ramp up and have two hundred VAs doing every discrete thing, but you know, starting with one and, and getting them uh, to do the thing that really removes a lot of the headaches of your plate. And, and Sandy, I love the idea of having somebody who's a, who's a caller uh, and checking in with clients and that type of thing. Uh, and and I want to implement that in my office. For sure, because I think that that's gonna those touch points are so valuable for getting referrals uh, back from clients, keeping client satisfaction high, getting reviews. I think that that as your first move, that might be something that's worth that's worth considering bringing in a VA to do, just because it eliminates all those inbound calls. And so if if all your incoming calls now are just new clients, uh, because all of your existing clients are getting calls regularly, it could put you in a position where you can really sort of task your intake team properly, don't you think? I would segment that because we were going to open a call center and we kind of have a mini call center now. Um, and after speaking to a bunch of call center owners, because I, interviewed a bunch of call center owners. They said, Sandy, you need to segment it. Just reception as reception and then intake as intake. Like, you know, personal injury, single event cases, and then we have a mass tort intake. But they're cross-trained somewhat, but, you know, so the reception can't answer the phone. And um, when I implemented the, the callers, you know, it was after we had hired this really bad attorney that didn't call my client for a week that we had massaged this case for two years and we we're filing suit. We didn't call a client for a week and we lost that case. And that was really tough. Every single time a, a nice car drives by, I think of this attorney and how I'd like him to be hit by a bus. <laughs> you know, it was a really big case. Like the meds were worked up and everything and we lost this case. And I'm like, dude, I could hire like 10 of these people and I'd still break even. I'd, I'd still be ahead from him losing this one case. So wow. there's a story. You were not perfect, but, you know, imagine That's, losing a case that's like half a million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I could well, hire a it, lot it, of VAs. Probably. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's really what this is all about. I want to thank you for coming on here today, Sandy. You know, 
one of the things that's important for everybody to hear is they, they see people's success and they don't necessarily see all the trials and tribulations that go behind it. And you've been really honest and, and vocal, and, and I appreciate that. And I know our audience and set certainly does so well. So thank you so much for coming on Maximum Growth Live. Uh, folks, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Seth and I will be back to wrap up the show. Thanks again to Sandy Van from Van Law Firm in Nevada and Washington, as well as LegalSupportHelp.com for all your VA needs. Thanks again, Sandy. Thanks for being with us. Thanks. Hey, it's Becca here. I'm sure you've heard Jim and Tyson mention the Guild on the podcast and in the Facebook group. The Guild is this perfect mix of a community, group coaching, and a mastermind. Guild members get so many benefits, including weekly live events and discounts to all Maximum Lawyer events. Head over to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash the Guild to check out all the benefits and watch a few testimonials from current members. So head to MaximumLawyer.com and click on the Guild page to join us. Now, let's get back to the episode. One. Well, Seth, you know, I, I'm starting to go full into the idea of outsourcing my work and getting some overseas help. Uh, what did you learn from Sandy's, Sandy's interview? Well, look, I've been speaking to her a long time, and I feel like today we, we get, you get some insight. It's, it's, it's not easy. And Sandy is great about presenting as if like this, that she's, what she has done is a lot of hard work. I'm sure, you know, things that work, things that don't work. And to see how she segmented this stuff out and created those teams, remarkable. Uh, I, I'm inspired to continue down that journey. I think COVID has given all of us the opportunity to see what we can do because we're not feeling and touching people anyway. So that security blanket is is gone. The band-aid's ripped off. Uh, I'd like to see if we can integrate some of that. You know, uh, I was, you know, people like uh, Keith Givens in Dothan, Alabama, and you know Mike Papantoni in Pensacola, Florida. You know, you're outsourcing to cheap labor there. Um, I feel like not only now do we have a national playground to choose from but an entire globe and depending on skill sets that you need uh it's it's pretty it's a pretty cool ride that we have uh, coming up yeah you know i'm really excited we've got one young woman who's in honduras who's who's helping us now and all of my top line paralegals are like this girl has it she's good we want to keep her Let's elevate her already because we think we can get her to do great things. And that's really the wonderful thing is that we can find people at a, at a rate that you, you wouldn't necessarily be able to pay here in the States for, for great work. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and, and everybody and not, wins. I think the still out. It's not, this is not, look, I don't think I'm ever getting to where Sandy is. I, I like U.S. labor for many things. I may be old school. There's, there is an advantage to certain things and that there is, there's a certain, you know, if you had like the, the other, the flip side. Not that there are not plenty of issues with domestic labor, but I, I'm uh, I'm a long way before. Uh, I, I'd like it to be support for those people for the tasks that need to be held open overnight to make that a 24-hour office. Nothing kills you more on a weekend when you know that work could be done, but that your nine to five people aren't getting that done. And if you know if the people are starting Sunday here where you have production going, how much happier are you going to be? Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Uh, you know, one of the things I want to look to is having uh, overseas uh, people help us with intake on the weekends because that's where we're not getting coverage now. And I think we can place people in there. But great stuff today, folks. I want to thank you all for participating with us and, and being part of our show. Of 
course, you can always watch this show as well as any of our back catalog by visiting us on our Maximum Growth Live page on Facebook. You can catch our podcast syndicated through the Maximum Lawyer podcast or on our standalone. I would invite you to join me as we talk systems in our Systemizing Your Law Firm for Growth Facebook group, which is available uh, if you are an attorney. Uh, and then join us back again next week for another edition of Maximum Growth Live. I am Jay Ruain. He is Seth Price of Blue Shark Digital. I'm Firm Flex, social media marketing. We got everything that you need here, man. We got systems. We got experience over there more than over here. We got SEO. We got social media. We got everything you need to grow your firm. So thanks for joining us here today and with us always. Seth, any final words? No, just have, have a great week and weekend, and uh, I'll see you back next week. Next week, spring training, pitchers and catchers report. We're getting back to basics. Back to baseball. Looking forward to it, folks. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Thanks again for watching. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Maximum Growth Live. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast for the latest episodes and tune in live on Facebook every Thursday for our live show. For more information, visit Maximum Growth Live on Facebook or MaximumLawyer.com. And be sure to share us with your friends.